absolutely. It's my first one. Um, so looking to pop that uh, podcast, uh, you know. This is the first one? <laughs> this is your first podcast, huh? First podcast, guys. Wow. First one. Oh, yeah. no. Like a virgin. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level People. We've got Sean and Greg, and today we've got Adam Posner. He is someone that we have kind of talked back and forth with over the last, uh, I don't know, Rena found him, actually, and then I've been yeah, talking to crazy. him. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, Rena's amazing. We, we love <laughs> we Rena, uh, but Adam's, Adam's a good dude. Uh, just if you go scroll through his uh, LinkedIn profile you'll see that he's done a lot of stuff from marketing and now is the founder of a staffing agency uh headhunter headhunting agency whatever you want to call it but uh we're gonna dig into the relationship between marketing and recruiting because i mean they're so closely knit especially now uh mm-hmm. with all the stuff that you can do on linkedin and social recruiting and everything like that uh, so hopefully we're going to be able to dive into that, but he's, he's just an all around good dude. He's helping. What, what's that, what's that thing? The second chances thing that you do? Yeah. The five ventures more than happy to chat about that in a little bit too. Pretty yeah. good cause. Yeah. So, I mean, he's helping inmates get, get their life back together. I mean, it's, it's such a cool thing, but Adam, welcome to wow. the show. Thank you guys. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, no problem. So uh, let, let's dive in. Let's dive right in. What Give us like the, the 30 to 60 second <laughs> elevator pitch. You're going from the bottom floor to the top floor. Tell me all about yeah, it. Yeah, time you. Here we go. Here we go. Born <laughs> and raised in New York. I've been here my whole entire life. Uh, out of college, started in marketing and advertising. Actually started in food service advertising, which was pretty cool. Um, a little bit of B2B work, working with alcohol brands. Um, moved up the ladder, a couple different agencies. Then I made the move over to Sirius XM Satellite Radio, which was actually pretty damn cool. It was right when Howard Stern came on board. Um, it was the absolute wild, wild west over there. And I was there for about five years, and we could tell some stories about that. Some oh, pretty, cool, uh, yeah. pretty cool celebrity um, uh, sightings. I could talk about my time in the bathroom with Hulk Hogan. Uh, maybe we'll take that off the air. Yeah, and yeah I'm not going to do Hulk Hogan person now. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, I shifted over to American Express. So going from, you know, the wild, wild west over to corporate America, which was kind of like uh, jumping into a cold bath, um, did that for a couple of years, which was uh, really solid foundation as far as corporate culture and understanding, you know, which leads me down the road to recruiting now. Those nuances um, from a cultural perspective, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um after Amex, decided that Amex was not, you know, the suit and tie culture for me, and I went back to agency life. Um, bumped around a couple of different small agencies, and my last stop before recruiting, uh, I was over at VaynerMedia, hired by Gary and the team over there, um, working on a couple of different accounts there. And it was there at that point where, you know, I kind of had this life epiphany that, you know, after 15 years working, you know, on in account management, that. I just didn't feel it anymore. I didn't have it in my heart. And it was you know, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life. And, you know, with the help of Gary, which we could certainly get into, um, you know, he said something to me, which is probably the most important piece of advice I've ever received. Stop focusing on what you suck at and double down on your strengths. You know, at the age of 35, you know, you don't have the time to, you know, try to fix all the shit that's broken. So think about what you're good at, man. And, you know, I took a deep breath and I said, I'm great at this, what we're doing right now. I know the network. I know marketing and advertising inside and out. I know the New York market like the back of my hand. And I could talk the talk. And I made the pivot into recruiting. And it was pretty crazy because uh, basically I had to start a brand new career from the ground up. You know, rookie, day one, making $40,000 a year draw, like trying to, you know, raise a kid and have a house out in the burbs and pay the mortgage. But I knew that that was the time, right? It was was shit or get off the pot, right? I had to make that plunge and I did it. Um, I jumped into a great agency called Onward Search and luckily for me, um, one of the greatest guys in the industry, a guy by the name of Tom Hall, uh, old school recruiter, you know, before they had computers and LinkedIn and mm-hmm. they were doing faxes and he had this giant book. It was like a ledger of recruiting and callbacks and everything. But he taught me, he taught me the art and science of recruiting, which I think is, is critical, right? Because in this day and age of recruiting, we have all the technology, right. we have the LinkedIn, we have all the social media. But it's really that art, right? It's the art of the conversation. It's the art of really, truly understanding the motivators. And I think you guys know this in recruiting. 
when you're talking to a candidate, why are they looking to potentially make a move or why are they not, right? Like finding out those, those key factors, because that's going to be critical from your first conversation till closing the deal till following up where, you know, ensuring that they're happy in that role. Um, and he really taught me, you know, how to do it. First year, I crushed it. Um, you know, numbers that were certainly impressive for a first year rookie. Um, but I don't think I'd be able to do that if I was like 22 years old coming out of school and jumping into recruiting. There's no way. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. And then a little over a year ago, um, I was working for a, a, a small UK firm. And, you know, I kind of had another one of those little epiphanies. And I said, why am I working for the man? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, you know, what, yeah. where, like how much, like, where, where's that value there? Um, and my wife, who's my, my champion and, you know, really my, um, really just, you know, my rock, she said, dude, you could do this on your own, right? Like, why, why do you need to work for an agency? And, um, I did it. I made the plunge, you know, went out, opened up my, uh, my company, my LLC incorporated, did all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and really had an amazing first year. And my success, I would say, is really predicated um, on relationships. And I think you guys could certainly attest to this. I think recruiting is about relationships, relationships oh, yeah. with candidates, uh, relationships with, you know, people that you used to work with and work for. I mean, I'm going back to people that, you know, I started working with in 2001, and I keep those relationships alive. And that's really the key to my success. Um, and it's, again, it's been a great first year. Um, I'm looking to expand um, and grow my business, uh, bring on some new employees uh, in 2019, bring on some new clients and just keep the good times rolling. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, a, that's a wild ride from pissing next to Hulk Hogan to <laughs> Gary yeah. Vee sitting you down telling you stop focusing on what you suck at to your wife saying you could literally do this on your own. Like that's... So I think that's the most honestly. I think that's the most impressive part. To be completely honest, I mean, Hulk your Hogan? No, your, <laughs> your wife's buying. She she's been with me every. I mean, she's been through this shit. I mean, there there's been times, you know, in the agency world. Um, you know, I was working at a fantastic agency called uh, Irwin Penland um, after American Express, and I absolutely loved it there. And we lost one of our largest accounts. Um, and 40 of us got let go a week before Christmas. Um, wow. And that, I mean, it hit, you know, she, she was with me through all these rides and the ups and downs. And, and you know, it, it really takes, you know, a strong partner, right? It really takes a strong yeah. partner yeah. To, to get you through it. And, and I'm sure you guys could attest to that. Absolutely. So I give her, um, she keeps me whole, man. She does. She's your rock, man. Like that's. You know. She is. Half That's the awesome. battle right there in life, you know, she, having a partner that's going to be there for you, go to bat with you, go to bat for you, believe in you. So that's truly awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, something that you, you brought up that I think is an overlooked part of training new recruiters is, is you talked about, I think you said his name was Tom Hall. Tom Hall. And he just dug into the art of recruiting I think that is a big missing puzzle piece when you get like you onboard, you know, 50 new college grads that are super right. excited and you say, okay, just use this technology and, and it'll be good. So no. talk to us, talk to, um, let's, let's, I, I'm, I get people asking all the time and Sean does, I'm sure that you probably have gotten this at least a time or two. How do you get started in recruiting? Let's talk about the Oof. art. Let's talk about the art of recruiting. You talked about relationship. But yeah. what, what were some of the like key things that Tom taught you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, plan your work and work your plan. I mean, that's a mantra that I repeat every single morning when I get up. It's plan your work and work your plan. What am I going to do today? What do I need to accomplish? Get out there and do that. And he taught me that really on day one. Um, respect the process, right? I mean, I hate to drop cliches, but it really is true. Respect the process. Um, and Greg, I was telling you this the other day. It's Patient, polite, persistence, right? Yep. It's it's learning how to follow up. And I think, you know, going back to my background in account management, I think that's what makes me a successful recruiter because I know how to manage relationships and manage expectations. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of the kids coming into, you know, recruiting these days, they're, they they want that quick money, right? They want to mm -hmm. be quick, 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 close the deal, close the deal. But you have to you have to slow it down. You have to respect the yeah. process. Yeah. Um, and I think understanding, you know, having experienced myself working on the client side, you know, that shit takes a long time. And, and some agencies had process paralysis and people are out of the office, they're traveling. 
um, or even worse, in, in some cases, recruiting is not their top priority. And, and that's a whole other conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you manage a client where recruiting is not their top priority and work with them to, you know, shift that, right? That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a whole other piece. But the art of recruiting really is um, being true to the process, you know, your intake, right? When you first talk to a candidate or a client, if it's a client, like, fully understanding the job, fully understanding the company that you're working for, what are the nuances, right? You know, what are those soft skills that they're looking for, mm -hmm. right? From, from a culture perspective, right? Like, tell me about the hiring manager. Is this person no nonsense? Are they lax, right? So you can find that personality fit. Yeah. So yeah, when you when you say uh, uh, plan the work and work the plan, are you talking about like, I'm going to make 100 calls today, 50 calls today, uh, and it's going to be for this or these two jobs or what let's let's dive into the specifics of what that actually means yeah i mean it's interesting i'm i'm pretty ocd so i've actually learned to harness like my my weakness and turn it into a superpower right like how do i take that ocd and it comes down to my organization right my methodology um you know the databases that i use the, you know google excel spreadsheets um, but it comes down to in the morning, I mean, I'm a big fan of to-do lists. Mm. So basically I do it all in like little yellow notepads and I say, all right, today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Here's what I'm going to accomplish. And I just bang it out, right? I mean, obviously there's distractions that come up during the day. There's emails, there's calls, there's things that you need to do. Um, I'm also a really big fan of blocking out time on my calendar, mm. right? Yeah. Saying, all right, I'll literally put in an hour to do sourcing on a job. Listen, if I, if I work 45 minutes out of that, great. If I get distracted a little bit, but at least... I'm not letting other things come in that way. I'm not letting appointments come in. Um, another thing that I've really been trying to do, and I bet that you guys have a hard time doing this, try shutting off your email, right? Close out your, whether it's your Outlook, your Gmail, close it out and focus on the other tasks that you're doing, right? Put your headphones on, dig into some sourcing, and just get to it, right? And find what works for you. Just keep testing, testing, yeah. testing, testing. So and you know, put, put those blinders on, man, and just get to it. What's I, I've got to ask because this is one of my favorite favorite questions to just like kind of learn a little bit more about the person. But when you put your headphones on, you're in that zone. What are you listening to? Yes, absolutely. So I am. I am. I for me, it's deep house. It is. It is non lyrical, deep, deep house. I'll send you some shit afterwards. Right. It's not like banging EDM techno. It's very soulful. It's melodic. Okay. Um, it keeps you focusing because it's not words. Right. Yeah. And you get into the zone, you just get into your groove and keeps me focused. I've been doing that for years with everything. Yeah. So for me, it is that like banging EDM. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to flip a table, possibly punch through a wall or something like that. I like it's funny because like the way I react to it emotionally is almost like, a video that, to, right? like metal or something like that. Like, yeah, <sighs> like I'd be at the That's gym so just like funny. literally just throw chucking weights or something like that. But it's like, no, I'm just I'm sourcing. <laughs> yeah. And another, another thing which I found really, really works for me, um, utilizing a standing desk, right? Switching yeah. from from being seated to, to standing. If I'm standing and I got that music on and, you know, I'm in line with my keyboard and everything and all things are firing, you just lock in. I wouldn't trust you guys with that way because then you're more prone to be throwing stuff all around the office, throwing stuff against <laughs> the walls, oh, yeah. taking staplers, pegging people in the face with it. I, <laughs> that's, why I got my own, that's why I work for myself and got my own office. I can't hurt anybody. Yeah. 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 Well, so, Sean, I, what's, what's your go-to music when you're, when you're in the zone? Oh, man. Um, I pretty much have Africa by Toto on, on repeat in my head. <laughs> yeah. And, no. and, and um, not, not, the, not the Weezer version? Not the Weezer version. Oh, God, version. that's terrible. Ooh, respectfully disagree. I think it's terrible. <laughs> there, yeah. It has, yeah, there's no need for it. It's the same exact song. They did absolutely nothing different from it. I think it's better. No I matter. agree with you that it's not different, but I, I like their energy. Maybe we should put a vote at the end of this podcast. Oh, Actually, yeah. That I is like a that. great... That's a great idea. This but, clip is going. Uh, just this section is going to go up, and we're going to have a vote <laughs> on LinkedIn, yeah. and we're oh, gonna, like, some sort of like meaningless like participation certificate. To well, listen, you, you got it. And then, our our whole got, episodes are meaningless participation. <laughs> no, oh, come no, on, I'm come on. I'm only kidding, Greggy. Come on, I'm only kidding. Come on, yeah. man. No, but um, I'm usually listening to. Pearl Jam, '90s rock, grunge stuff like that. That's just my, that's yeah. my wheelhouse. Nice. Pearl Jam, man, love yeah, it. Good stuff. Okay, so you, you you gotta you gotta get, I think so. That's one of the things that, 
I wish this, the stuff that you were talking about before, the time blocking and planning out your day and stuff like that, that's something that I wish I would have been better at earlier. Uh, because like I've got like ADHD and like all that good stuff. Um, and so it's super easy, like putting the blinders on. If I would have realized I should put the blinders on like the first two years, like I, I was a really good recruiter, like my first two years as, as a rookie and everything like that. I got like the, the awards and all, all that good stuff. But right. looking back, had I been more focused and like turned off the, the distractions and planned out, this is what I'm going to do. I could have probably done a lot better. Uh, and it's, it's just one of those things that I look back at and wish that I would have known before. And so I think that's like, that's probably one of the, uh, best tips out there for an early recruiter, but also the, um, the ability to manage expectations. I think even for like a lot of veteran recruiters are have a hard time with that. Where they're yeah, like, yeah. They, it's almost like they don't want to offend the person by saying yeah. like, by saying the truth. It's weird. It's like, am I going to offend them by saying like it's probably going to take this amount of time, or it's probably going to be this amount of money, or whatever? And it's like, yeah, that's why people. That's why people dislike recruiters. Like that's honestly what it is. Dude, I mean, I've been ghosted more times by recruiters than like probably yeah. half the people that are complain about it. And that's, you know, 100% the truth. And a lot of the times that people might not like what a recruiter has to say, or they might not like it when you say, Hey, listen, man, like the timetable, I'm not really sure, but I do know I'm talking to a number of different candidates. I'll get back to you. I'll, I will touch base with you it's along the way through the process. That's it. Like, that's it. They don't want to hear it. They, they, if they say, Oh, well, screw this guy. You know, he didn't blow smoke up my butt. Like fine. So be it. But at the end of the day, I mean, as long as you're open, honest, and transparent, I mean, there's really not much more that we can do. And people respect yeah. that, man. People respect yeah. that. They just want to yeah. know. That's just keep, what it just, is. Just, just, keep, just keep me in the know, man. And I, and I think, you know, it's kind Absolutely. of like lawyers too, right? The same thing with lawyers too. We get a, it's, it's a few shitty ones that give us good ones a, a bad rap, right? right. Yeah. You know, recruiting, recruiting comes down to be – listen, we're connectors. We, we can try to control or – I wouldn't say even control. It's like – you know, guide the process as best as possible. But ultimately, there's mm -hmm. there's two X factors that are at our control. One is the client, right? We're not the ones writing the checks and ultimately making the decision. Second of all, yeah. it's the human X factor. And I'm preaching to the choir here with you two guys, right? Like, there is so much shit that we can't control. And we could exchange war stories all day long Absolutely. of deals falling through, candidates, you know, getting fired at 89 into a 90-day guarantee <laughs> for stupid-ass <laughs> reasons, right? I actually, real quick, sorry, I actually lost my first deal ever. My first deal ever, and I'm not going to divulge names or anything, but the candidate, I don't even know if I could say this on, on the air, the candidate lost the job because he got let go at 89 days for um, uh, illicit substance use. In 89 days. In 89 days. I'm like, bro. I'm like, couldn't you wait one more day to do your shit, man? Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's painful. That hurts. Uh, yeah, and that, it was really, it was awkward. it was an awkward conversation with the client. But you know what? I got thrown into the fire right away, and I lost yeah. my losing my first skill ever. Actually, I think helped build that thick skin that you need as a recruiter. And going yeah. back, um, Greg, to your earlier point about you know young recruiters, it's like, how do you build that thick skin, that recruiting callus, as I like to call it, right? Where you could yeah. take more punches than anybody, and that's going back to you know throwing a Gary V you know jam in there that. He's successful because he could take more punches in you, right? Yeah. And that's something that's stuck with me a long time. Like, I could sit here and I could take shit all day long. I can't take punches from my wife, but, you know, I could take yeah, punches on the business end all, <laughs> all day long. Yeah. No, it's – it's, and I just had well, a couple different revelations. One, like, we're – we – at some point, all three of us became, like, the older recruiters. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> but we're talking about the younger recruiters, and I'm like – Wait, old you man recruiter. I'm not even old. That's, I'm not old. I, I've only been doing this for seven years. Oh, Shit. <laughs> what is happening? You know, I think one of the biggest problems is with the young recruiters and a lot of the issues that stem as to like why people don't like recruiters is because the way that these a lot of us come up. Right. I came up through, you know, look at my resume. I'm not going to name the company, but look at my profile. I came from one of the big fours, right? And right. instead of teaching me how to interact with clients and become like a, an expert in my niche, really understand development, I was sitting in 
cold call trainings. Cold call trainings after cold call trainings after metric after metric. How many cold calls did you make today? How many of those led to this? How many? Listen, I understand that we have to hit numbers, but at the end of the day, recruiting isn't about numbers. It's not about throwing shit on the wall. The more shit that you throw on the wall, then that's, you know, you we're not making the right decision for the client. We're not making the right decision for the candidate. And we're all just spinning our freaking wheels here. And it comes from a lot of this, like, Michael Page freaking high level churn and burn cultures at the right. at the big force. It it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 sorry. It's interesting that you say that too because I think that, you know, I've had a lot of conversations where I mean, listen, metrics are important, right? If you're running a big business, right? You need to you need to have KPIs and you need to have results, but I think, you know, something at the at the first firm I worked at Onward Search with with Tom Hull and the gang there, right? Like they, they were focused on results, but it was really about teaching recruiters how to build those relationships, right? Teaching them those soft skills, right? And I think if more recruiting firms teach that early on instead of like the cold calls and, and how to develop relationships and warm calls and how to like utilize your network to open up those doors versus mm-hmm. just finding the role right. um, you know, breaking into a company, I, I think that's a game changer, right? And I think there's a big shift that's about to happen in this industry, Um where I think a lot, and we're going to talk about the market, right? And I think that um, people are sick and tired of recruiters. I mean, it's been around for a while, right? Sick and tired of the young recruiters cold calling them when they don't know shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're calling on a, you, from a from a candidate perspective, you're a 22 year old kid out of school calling on an SVP for a senior level role. They'll smoke you out in a minute if you don't know you're a shit man. Yeah, right. No, and absolutely. Even if and you do, they'll smoke you out. Yeah, just for being 22. You know what I mean? Like it, it's. Credit. It's such a weird industry. It really, really is. Yeah. And that's no. <laughs> more it's, the, like, it's blinding, right? Like I tell my wife, I go I go on twenty five blind dates a day with dudes, with chicks. I don't care. Like I'll I'll yeah. talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. No, I remember the first time I got smoked out, like I don't remember what the position was. It was some like super highly technical position and the person was like <laughs> You have literally no idea what you're talking about, do you? And I was like, I honestly, I don't. Honestly, but no. the you like, got me. I, <laughs> the the cool thing was like, I didn't care that he found me out. I was like, you know what, I don't. But here's what I do know, and I went right on into like, these are the exact facts of the position. Here's the job description. Like, I literally gave everything I could, like all the facts, and I said like, if you need more information, I can get that information for you. What are your questions? Right. Uh, and so again, it's, it's coming back to like, it's okay to be a newbie. It's okay to be, yeah, to, to not know exactly. Um, self-awareness, man. Yeah. It's like, I think the problem is that everybody wants to be viewed as the expert. And when they're challenged as not being the expert, then it's like, excuse me. Oh, you must be a bad candidate. And it's, uh, it's just all about, yeah, like you said, self-awareness about being humble, things like that. But so, I mean, we've got, we've got plan in the day. We've got uh, relationship and managing the expectations and everything like that. So those, that's kind of the, the basics, the foundations of recruiters. And, and just, to, just to be uh, upfront with anybody that's listening to this, the young recruiters, I, I'm not even just talking about the 22-year-olds coming out of college. I'm talking about somebody that's brand new to it. Like if I, I was if 35 I, as a new recruiter, right. 35 new recruiter. Yeah, exactly. And so like it's wow. you come in and there's a lot of lessons that like are going to punch you in the face and that's okay. Like it's it's just like yeah, you said it, about Gary, you got to take those punches better than anybody else and that is what makes a recruiter a good recruiter. And I think the other thing about recruiting too is uh is understanding the financial aspect of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we we all got into this cuz the eye on the prize, right? There's a lot of money to be made in this industry. But you're a fool to think that you could come right in and, and, and be banking it right away. You really have to understand how it works from a draw perspective, from a guarantee perspective, from a payment perspective. Um, yeah. And I think that's another critical piece as well. And really understanding the contractual elements mm-hmm. of recruiting, you know, what goes into yeah. it. And sealing the deal, man, closing the deal is, is, is another, you know, really important piece that I think, um, you know, the younger recruiters need to learn and, and how to make sure that that candidate is not going to take that counter offer. And that's something that, yeah. that Tom Hall, that Tom Hall banged into my head as well. Right. Um, how do you implant those seeds in a, in a candidate where you're not blatantly telling them, Hey man, don't take that counter offer because you're an asshole and you can ruin my deal. But more importantly, 
Yeah. Look for yourself about what, what those negatives are about a counteroffer. Yeah, you're going to get a short-term gain, right, financially, but you're not going to get a raise anytime soon. You have a target on your head for the next person to be fired. And more importantly, going back to it, why did we have this conversation in the first place? Why are you looking to move this job? Because you fucking hate it there. I don't know if I'm allowed exactly. to say that, but like you, you, you hated it, your job, yeah. and now you're telling me you're going to stay because they gave you 15K and you're being lazy and you just want to take the money and wait for another good job? Come yeah. on, man. But you, well, that, you need to have that. They need to come to that answer themselves, not from you. Right, exactly. Right. And the, the thing is uh, that this is something that I had to learn is like that is a conversation that basically needs to start way earlier than when yes. you offer. First of all. Yeah, you, you need to Absolutely. you need to talk about and like mm-hmm. the other thing is if you see like a, a red flag, it's not going to all of a sudden turn green because you give them an offer. A red flag is going to be a red flag until you call it out and you say, hey, like you said this, this is I, I just need to like clarify what are we talking about here is did you did you mean this and then just like shut up and let them talk uh, because they it could be like, you know what, it is a red flag and you shouldn't submit that person. Or, you know what, it's not as yeah. red as you thought it was, and you were Thanks. able to talk through it. Yeah. Uh, and now, the cool thing is, one, most recruiters are not willing to have hard conversations. And so because you had a hard conversation and you said, I don't know about this, man, you just went up like a hundred times more than all the other recruiters that they've probably ever talked to. Uh, it's hard. It, yeah, but it's like, building up that muscle to be able to ask the hard questions, uh, even building up that muscle to ask candidates the hard question is great. But then if you go on, like maybe you're, you start your own business and you have to talk to clients and you have to ask them the hard questions, then you already have that muscle built up. Or maybe you are in an interview and you see a red flag at this company that you're like, Ooh, I don't know about this. And politely asking the hard question, it can save you so much heartache in so many different situations. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta work yeah. that muscle. You're, it's, it, it's hard. The whole industry, like if you're an external recruiter, I mean, it's one word, man, and that's reputation. Yeah. Right. You blow one deal. You blow one thing. You make one person like you. Screw over one person, right? And who the hell knows what I could take you, man? Right. As long as you're being honest you're not trying to sell somebody who you know is not going to be a fit for that job the reputation and the short-term gains are not worth the reputation yeah. right it's, it's just not. don't burn bridges man mm-hmm. don't and when man. you when you screw up like realize if somebody calls you out on your stuff it's way better if it's legitimate to say you know what you're right and own it like it's yeah because yeah. like again how many recruiters, like, one, if they're ghosting and they accidentally pick up a call from the person that they're ghosting and the person's like, what, where'd you go? You haven't talked to me. And they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Or they make up some lame excuse or whatever. Like, if you screwed up and you forgot to call somebody back or you forgot to whatever, it happens, especially with volume of people We're that busy, you're talking man. to. Like, it happens and it yep. sucks. And I hate that. Like, I, I have accidentally ghosted people and it's like, I hate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're nor you're 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 freaking human, man. Like when I first started in the business, like I ghost people all all the time, not intentionally, but I did. And obviously, right. when you're growing, you're growing in the industry. You're growing. You're learning what's important and how to develop your reputation and all that good stuff. And obviously, now you're much more aware of it. But when you first start off, you're gonna make mistakes, and yeah. making mistakes. You know, because you're going to have all this pressure on quota, quota, hit the numbers, metric, metric, metric. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so focused on that. You're not focused on the actual person, the the way that these deals are structured, the yeah. way that, you know, the way that you're supposed to handle yourself, your professional, you know, I guess, you know, way of talking with people. That's not that's second fiddle when you're being crushed with metric, 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 metric. So. Yeah. And so uh, that's the other thing for anybody that's listening that is not a recruiter, that maybe is a candidate that just wants to get a peek into our brain. Uh, It's okay to ping your recruiter multiple times. Like do it it professionally. uh, But like if you haven't heard from them, be like, hey, I haven't heard from you. I know that you're busy. 
uh, just want to check in on things and because they might be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't call Adam back. You fell know? off my radar, man. You fell off it. And, and that's another thing too. I have a lot of times when a candidate from a while back will pay me and be like, oh shit, I didn't even think about you and I have a great job or a great opportunity right now. So mm-hmm. it, it works both ways. And I think it's exactly. about how your messaging is, right? Um, I think candidates also have to be mindful of how they talk to recruiters because if you're a dick to me, yeah, that's not that's not going to fly, man. Right. Yeah. Like be professional across the board. Listen, again, we're human. Like we may have missed a call. We may have missed an email, um, but we got things going on and, you know, we'll, we'll connect and we'll make it happen. And just it really comes out to just doing things the right way. Right. And not being a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> be a dick. Yeah, be that a dick. is like first rule of life. Life. Club. Life. <laughs> yep. Number one rule. Don't be a dick. Uh so let's let's kind of transition. Those are the those are the yep. foundations. Uh, once you've got those things, you've built up those muscles, the 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 habits, and everything like that. What what would you suggest? What are some of the things that you've noticed coming from like a marketing and agency background, uh, getting into recruiting? How has that helped you? What are some of the things that you've pulled in from that? side of things yeah absolutely first of all it's understanding the market and you know talking about advertising and marketing we're seeing a big shift between you know the traditional older agencies and larger consultancies the deloittes and the eys of the world um that are taking all the agency talent bringing it in-house and pairing it with their consulting smarts and taking all those clients away from the agencies. so now you have all these agencies scrambling they're slow process paralysis and they're just not able to compete. And that's a big shift. And then you're seeing a lot of these small boutique agencies that are nimble, that are fast. that can get you done really quickly that specialize um, in a particular vertical or channel, whether it be paid social search, whatever that are really dominating the market. And you have to see these old giants um, in the advertising and marketing world shift mm-hmm. and they're building out internal consultancies and they're trying to compete. Um, so it's a real interesting time. Um, you know, on my side also, I, I don't know if you guys are seeing it, but in marketing advertising, it's a candidate market right now. Um, oh, there's a battle for talent. And the other piece that I'm seeing, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an old man and I came out of school making $28,000 a year, but mm-hmm. I'm seeing candidates with two or three years of experience in marketing and advertising demanding high salaries that are astronomical. Yeah. The other piece that I'm seeing is the, I don't even know if this is the right word, but the 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 uncalibration or decalibration of titles versus of experience. I'm seeing directors and VPs at eight, eight years in my, in my day, back in my day, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, an account director in advertising is no less than 10 years. And now I'm seeing VPs at 10 years. I'm seeing account directors at seven years. And I don't know if it's a shift or something is fundamentally wrong, whether it's these smaller agencies or other agencies that are throwing money and they're throwing titles because we're in a battle for talent. Yeah. And, and the problem is, you have an account super two years experience talking to a senior level marketer on the client side and they can't have those conversations and that's where the break is, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's what's failing. And that, that's something I've been observing for the last couple of years. It's funny, a friend of mine, uh, well, one of my uh, one of my wife's friends is in a situation where it's like, you know, he's, he's in marketing and he's gone around to a, different, a number of different agencies and how, he, I guess, these some of these agencies, they're prying them out is job title like we'll give you a higher title and like some of the, that's all it is yeah well, i mean if you look you know? at the even the the staffing agency uh a lot of them they're like business development manager but it, that literally just means that you are like managing your own book of business the time magic people yeah, yeah exactly and so th- that business development mm-hmm. manager I think that's given out so that when they call clients, it's like, hi, I'm a business development manager. Okay, cool. So are like the last 25 people that called people me. People that doesn't called mean me anything. from the, yeah, from Aerotech and uh, the other companies. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so like titles have, like, I, I've thought it for a long time, like they just literally don't mean anything anymore. Um, no, and especially with the, with the entrepreneurial culture where everyone's a freaking CEO. <laughs> Founder, like, you're not a, influencer. You're, you're, you come know, on, come on, right? And then get a disruptor. Oh my God! I mean, you look, you look at LinkedIn, right? And I'm talking to candidates. <laughs> I'm like, well, I appreciate your entrepreneurial spirit. I really, really do. But that doesn't justify two years out of school in advertising making eighty thousand a year. Like, yeah, yeah no. dude. Sorry. I wish I, you mean, could, I wish I could. I wish I could place you for eighty grand and make that money on a two-year candidate, right? I'm a recruiter. <laughs> yeah. Right. It would be great. It would be great. absolutely wonderful, right? But 
Yeah, clients aren't paying us for that, right? Our clients are paying us to find qualified candidates within within their budget. Yeah. That's what it is. So, so knowing your market is is huge. And so, would you would you suggest? Because there, there's a lot of different ways of getting into recruiting. There's the the generalist, which is like all the above. There's like tech recruiters. There's sales recruiters. There's you know med tech with Mullings and everything. Legal, like everything. There's legal. Yeah. Uh, what what is your? I think I might know the answer to this, but are you? Would you say that diving into a niche 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 whatever market niche niche, niche it's french notch notch a notch market uh, <laughs> would you say nice niche yeah got it would you say that that's that's a better position to get in from the get-go and stay in or what what's your thoughts on that well, I, I think it's what is it a, a an inch an inch wide, mile deep, whatever that expression is, right? Like I think it's about being focused um, because if you're a generalist recruiter, you, you can't learn. You could learn a little bit about a lot of industries, but it's easier to learn uh, a lot about one industry. And I think if you're coming out of school and you get into recruiting, think about when you're in school. What are those things that you were excited about? Was it you know was it the you know, the literature, was it the history? Was it the math? Was it the science? Was it the business? Mm -hmm. And use that passion to kind of point you in the right direction, right? Hey, like I was pre-law, you know what? I'm going to go into legal recruiting because at least I understand some of the lingo and I understand the mentality that goes into, you know, that legal mindset or, Hey, I'm a business guy. So I'm going to go into, you know, uh, I'm going to recruit for consultants. I'm going to recruit for, you know, marketing strategy, you know, ad tech, whatever it is. Um, but I think that's critical. Um, it's interesting too when people find the other way. It's like, hey, you know what? Let me start in like back office support. Let me start in admin. Let me start mm-hmm. in you know HR recruiting. Um, yeah. But I think if you can and you have an interest, to focus in on that and start somewhere. Hey, you may love it and you may hate it, but at least you took a shot at it and you learned. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of, I don't think I strategically did this uh, to get into tech recruiting specifically. I strategically tried to get this account when I first started out. I was the company that I was in. It was. It was kind of an engineering-ish, like aerospace, but they're more of a generalist agency because they do anything. Uh, right. But there's this, there's a couple of clients that I noticed, like literally nobody wants to recruit on these because they're like super hard to fill positions and like all this stuff. But they're also like two or three times the salary as all of these other ones. And high so, risk, high reward. Yeah, and yeah. so like I dove into that hard and like i that was because that was like these people have phds and that was the guy who was like you really have no idea what you're talking about right and i was like yeah i don't i have no idea what i'm talking about and these these are people that like are literally developing technology that we won't see on the market for like another decade uh right. and so boards yeah flying cars it's it's like some of the stuff that they had Crazy. in there was wild it was so cool but like the because i dove into that I found I found my passion, which is like tech, and I I like learned how to geek out with these people, and like it is super interesting. It's basically like talking to a bunch of Elon Musk's like every right. single day. We're like, dude, you're way smarter than me. This is insane. Are you serious? That's what you do? Those are great uh, conversations, and you get into it, right? Like you you get excited about talking to these folks. Yeah, and yeah. like what like the more excited that you get about what they do the more there because like people want to feel interesting like they they love yeah. feeling and so like if you make somebody feel interesting there's like another level of connection and so that for me i feel like being in one vertical and but also realizing like it's okay to switch if you suck at it yeah. or if it's like sucking the life do, out of you do, do it quick yeah Pull the band pull the pull the pull the pull the band-aid off right yep. um i couldn't even think about recruiting like it's interesting. Like when people, when I talk to clients, they're like, all right, what's your bullseye, right? Like what, what, who do you, who do you target? Like marketing and advertising is very broad, right? So when I started out, I was doing a lot of creative recruiting and I thought I knew that, which I did, but there's so much subjectivity in art, right? Like, right. Hey, you're good. Yeah. Suck. Um, so what I came down to was talking more about, you know, account management strategy. Um, but then I found something pretty interesting over the last year, which is UI UX, um, which is another really broad term. And that's not something yeah. I, I knew a lot about. And I had to really dig in deep. Um, and the way I actually digged in deep was having informational calls with candidates that weren't necessarily on the market. Um, I had some friends that hooked me up with some, you know, quote unquote, you know, experts in the industry. And yeah. I just talked to them. And I, to your point, Greg, I just listened to them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear their story, how they got into it. And they, 
really dug in about what you know user experience and user interface means and the different variations and the different you know points you could come in from a career perspective um and i found that pretty interesting and you know that's kind of a niche i've been working um the little passion project of mine within my own yeah. you know, business is ui ux and, and trying to specialize in that um, that's so a it's fun about finding space a group. that's a really fun space because they're like crazy smart super creative they just yeah. get it right yeah. and, and the, and the other big one right now is product objective too, right? It is too, that, right? That and there's is, a lot of pedigree too. Yeah, there's people that come from really good schools, and and that's another thing too. People are throwing around UI UX too, but they really don't know what it means, right? And they're applying it more to creative design versus design thinking. Um, but right. it's applying the design thinking plus the creative, which really makes a talented, um, you know, UI UX professional. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. And so uh, let's dive into like if somebody's listening and maybe they've been recruiting or maybe they. Yeah, hopefully. Like, hey, mom. So we've got Dad. we've got three, hey, yeah, three uh, three listeners here. All of our parents, maybe. Hi, Rena. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, and Rena, and Rena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so um, somebody that's like possibly been doing recruiting for a while, they want to take the the plunge into doing it for themselves. Uh, I mean, both of you guys have been doing it for yourselves for a while now. Uh, talk to me about that journey of like what, what do they need to think of and then we'll dive into like real briefly the the client side of things yeah. how do you even go out and find your clients yeah it's 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 discipline right if you're working for yourself right you have to be disciplined you got to get up out of bed every morning you got to be in a routine um you have to have your office or your we work whatever set up so you're coming in every day on a routine and, and being focused right and that's why it's not for everybody some people yeah. and i've learned this and i think you guys could attest they need the structure of working for a search firm, mm -hmm. right? They need someone to tell them what to do, what their goals are, right? I mean, we're all mature enough where we understand that, listen, shit, Bill's got to get paid, right? Baby's got to get fed, right? So we need to hustle and we need to get done. That's our motivation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that's what's critical about having your own business. And again, it's about managing those relationships. But the hard part for me is handling the day-to-day like handling the business and the recruiting, but always thinking ahead on business development, right? Because we're always doing yeah. our own business development, right? Because I could have a client fall through, you know, you know, I had four jobs from a client last week and they were working with other recruiters and they filled them in a day. And I'm like, all right, move, move it on. You got, you got to move on. But you have to have that next thing lined up, right? Yeah. So it's almost for me, I almost call it like my 80-20 rule, right? Like 80% of the day I'm doing, or 80% of my time in general, um, I'm doing my day-to-day -day work and 20% of the time I'm doing biz dev. And biz dev includes networking, physical phone calls, emails, follow-up, staying in contact, man, like going on LinkedIn, right? And we'll, we'll dig into this in a second. Like how do you utilize LinkedIn? Well, yeah. when you, when I look at my newsfeed daily and I see someone, oh shit, I used to work with them, right? Hey, hey Mike, great to see that you landed at this job. How's everything there? Let's grab a cup of coffee and talk shop, right? Like maintaining those relationships, right? How do you, how do you keep everyone active and keep you top of mind with them? I think that's critical. Yeah. Yeah, so the networking, I feel like that is a big piece that you've got to probably do before you take that plunge. If you like, I mean, you, you can do it without networking beforehand, but it's going to suck a lot more. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with a whole lot of different things, but like if you're on the job market and you're like, oh, I have to like, I have to start networking, I need to get my LinkedIn profile up. And like, you don't, yeah, you need to start thinking about building relationships prior to the jump uh, for Always. hopefully a better transition. I mean, it's never a guaranteed thing, but um, yeah. what are some of the things that, so you, you do the, the biz dev, it's, it's marketing and stuff like that. Are you, are you digging through companies in your area and like trying to figure out like, oh, who's hiring? Are you looking at their job boards? What, Not what on Long you? Island, baby. No, there's like two companies on Long Island. Um, <laughs> And I, and I placed it one of them. McDonald's and a gas station. Cool. That's our Coliseum. Um, right. <laughs> honestly, for me, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's warm leads and relationships, right? And that doesn't work for everybody. Um, it's funny because when I got into recruiting, I was scared to ship cold calls, right? But and I kind of switched it around to utilize my network to make them warm calls. Mm -hmm. Yes, I made some cold calls and I had some success there, but it was about utilizing my network, right? Even before I made the move into recruiting, I had a very large LinkedIn following. Um, and, and, and network there. So I went in and I tapped all those people. Like, oh, hey, Adam, yeah, I used to work with you. Let me introduce you to HR. So for me, my key to success is warm calls and warm leads. Mm. Okay. That's Introductions. Cool. Yeah. 
No, and that's for everybody though, because most people, to your point, Greg, if they're jumping into recruiting, a lot of them don't have that. That, that I mean, I'm very unique in in my transition and my story, where most people don't have that. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, like a lot of people, there they they don't have that, or they don't even know how to build it up, really, because like a lot of times, like a recruiter to them, networking is posting a hot job on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just not that way anymore, and I think that I think it's changing significantly. I'm seeing more and more staffing agencies i mean it's such a slow moving ship it's insane i knew it was but i didn't realize how slow moving of a ship it actually was until i started talking to people about like you have to be putting out stuff online for people to find you like obsolete you're obsolete right now nobody cares about you because they don't know you and so if you are not putting anything out this is this is like specifically to entrepreneurial people, people that are in it on their own, or even staffing it. I mean, if you look at Joe Mullings, for example, that dude is literally, he's already dumped literally millions of dollars into content specifically so that he can just capitalize the hell out of his market. It's it's called recruitment, right? It's recruitment, man. It's marketing and recruiting together. And I think it's, you know, the people that understand social media and they understand how to build that network, um, you know, leveraging content. I mean, you guys do it. Um, Our good friend Adam over in in finance and accounting recruiting, you know, crushes it with just amazing real talk there. Um, And it's about building your personal brand. And I think that's what separates, you know, you know, the independent recruiters. We're a brand, man, and it goes back to trust, and it goes back to why do I want to work with them from a candidate perspective and a client perspective. Clients want to see that you're in the know, that you're wired into the network, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They don't want to see that, well, how do you find your clients? Well, I just do a random search on LinkedIn, and I filter, and I find people. No, people know me, and they know you guys from what we're doing right here, yeah. right? It's about building your personal brand, um, and I think we're in the golden age of building personal brands. Personal yeah. business brands are merging together into one. Um, and what's your voice? What's your soundtrack? What do you want the world to know about you? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a huge that's a huge part of it is I think the hardest part is figuring out what your actual voice is because like there's so many people out there and it it they want to be Gary V. And so <laughs> right. It's yeah, an, everybody does. It's, yeah, it, it's hard. Everybody. It's like a misconception that and, yeah, and so they you know, they're you quoting need to these be going things. out there, right? And the thing he's an anomaly. He's an anomaly, right? right. Yeah, like or he's a real deal. Though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, are you know like, hey, you better do this, and this is what you need to be successful. No, dude, like that's that's not what it is. And mm-hmm. I feel like people are they're so confused as to what the hell does that mean what does your voice mean what is your personal brand are you trying to make like another persona of yourself or an extension of yourself it's like no yeah okay like real talk i've i was there like there was a period of my life where i was like i was like grant cardone's biggest fan i was like a cardone fanboy and so like i was telling everybody oh you just got to 10x your life you got to 10x your calls don't be a little bitch like all this stuff like like sleepers for the week sleep when you're dead yeah no it's like right and then you realize like wait a second i sound like an idiot i sound that's cool for cardone and like people that like but that's just not me like that's not it's never going to be me and so, like, right. th- I even wrote articles, like the first few articles on LinkedIn. I think I took them down because they were just like I looked, I reread them like a year later. And I was like, "This is bad. Weak. This is like weak. No, it's it's literally like it, it's yeah. and so literally no no judgment on the people that are trying to do that because I get it. I've been there, yeah. but I've got to you've got to figure out what your voice is. And like, I just put out an article like a couple days ago. Uh, that is kind of like the the steps I think of how I found my voice at least where like literally don't worry about putting out content just start commenting on other people's posts answering right. questions and like just Being having a, the conversation yeah That's just it. having conversations over and over and over and over again yeah. and that is how you find your voice it's that like, is how yeah how do you make time, how, do you, how do you make time for that how do you make time for that when, in, the, in the every day that we, I mean not how do you you have to right in yeah. this day and age you have to carve yeah. out the time. And it's just as important as BD and, and running your business. I mean, that, that almost is at, BD. Yeah, look at look at Adam because like he is he's the most. He's answering everybody. It's insane. Yeah, I don't, every he, he must be a robot. Yeah. I don't know how he, he does it. And yeah. he does do it. Him, and, that's him thing, and Zuck, like, man. 
couple yeah, of aliens all the time. Like I, you know, I bullshit with them all day. Like it's AI all day long. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still answering me. Like while he's still do- like it's like how how the hell do you do this? Yeah, you can't. Um, so, I mean, if we if we wrap this whole thing into a package, I mean, really, it comes down to relationships. I mean, the the interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize is we talk about you know the the golden age of recruiting when there wasn't technology and like all this stuff and like now that we have technology, it's so different. Uh, really, it's not. It's always been about relationships. It's always, always. been about uh, uh, what's it called? Um, managing expectations. It's always like all of those things. The foundation has always been the foundation, regardless of what's built on top of it. And so, really, it doesn't matter if you had a fax machine or email or LinkedIn or Twitter or FaceTime. Smoke signals. Like, smoke signal. Like, or if you had to literally walk the resume into the hiring manager's office. It's all about relationship. It's all about having those hard conversations. It's all about managing your time, managing like it's like all of it is literally exactly the same. Just how you do those things and the tools that help you to do those things are the only things that have changed. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you really hit the nail on the head. It's about building that foundation in any job and specifically recruiting. Right, because then you could you could you could learn all the other pieces, right? But if you don't know how to manage relationships and clients and candidates, and learn how to talk to people, and and, and you said it earlier on, being able to deliver bad news, right? Yeah, and and, yeah. and growing That's the sack and, and doing it right, and being able to do that, and just having the the fortitude to tell somebody, hey man, listen, I know you've been involved in this interview process for three months, I know you wanted this job, and I wish I had more information for you, but they just went with the other candidate or when it came down to it, you were missing X, Y, and Z and I'm sorry. And, and let them know that you're with, with them part of that journey. Um, and, and just be human, right? Just don't be a, yeah. a recruiting robot, right? That's the difference right now, right? Back we're not, to rule we're, we're, number we're battling one. the bots, battling the bots. Don't be a dick. Don't be a, don't dick. Be a dick. Um, yeah, I think I would like to wrap up the episode here with going on record and saying that the Weezer version of Africa sucks. <laughs> I, I and I go on the record respectfully disagree. And let's, put it, let's let's put it to a vote. Let's put it let's to a it. vote. All right. Anybody that's we, we listening, can, we, we can meet halfway at Duncan and and uh, and we'll we'll bet on it over a nice coffee and a blueberry muffin. Oh, dude, absolutely. I think, the, I think the Duncan thing is gonna. We gotta do that anyway. But yeah, we'll do Love it. Love it. All right. So I will post this. We'll vote on LinkedIn, and uh, yeah. We'll see who gets the, the, the muffin and the extra large iced coffee. Beautiful. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for your time. We'll keep in contact. I guarantee we'll have some more of yeah. these conversations. Yeah. Uh, I'd, love, I'd love to talk about what I'm doing with the five ventures, and I'll uh, give you the whole Hogan story another time. Beautiful. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thank you, thank you guys. guys.